Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the Wickedly Smart Women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create change all around the world. Now here's your host, Emerald Green Forest. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Emerald Greenforest, and today we welcome our special guest, Marion McSpadden. Marion, along with her husband, own a multi-million dollar business. She was born in the secluded culture of a horse-drawn buggy religious organization. She escaped in the dark. Immediately, she was attracted to education and took a GED and later graduated with a bachelor's degree. She sees no skin color and has the ability to bridge cultural gaps and speaks to corporate women's and other groups. You want her to speak to your group and be inspired by her directness and authentic stories. She believes everyone deserves the chance to live a joyful, free, and fulfilled life. Through private coaching, Marion teaches with a real roadmap how she got free one time by literally fleeing in the dark, and how the second time she got free by staying and working it out. I had the pleasure of connecting with Marion at the New Media Summit in September of 2019, and I am very excited that you are here on the show today, Marion. You seem to be somebody who has a very fascinating and interesting story, and so I'm really looking forward to our time together. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Emerald. I appreciate it. Well, you know, I think we really want to start with your backstory. Like, what was it? that inspired you initially to break out of a very, I am sure, quite rigid and structured environment? Like, where did that inspiration come from? You grew up in a horse-drawn buggy community. That is, you know, an unusual and very unique kind of circumstance. So can you talk a little bit about what happened to, like, I don't know, wake you up, spark you, move you, inspire you to escape in the dark? Well, when something gets uncomfortable enough, we have this tendency to just get up and move. (laughs) And that's what it was. I just, I got so uncomfortable where I was. And in all reality, some of the parts of this culture is very beautiful. And really, who wouldn't want to have a horse with a name and a real live horse like your pet rather than an old car, you know? (laughs) So there are many beautiful parts about it. But the waking up part was more like a volcano happening for me because I would have never moved otherwise. It was my life. It was what I knew. It is what I believed I would die as and be quite okay with it. And for some people, they can. But my biggest emotional blocks were on the inside, other than the the restrictions were restrictive, yes. But when you're happy and whole on the inside, it doesn't matter so much whether you're driving a horse or whether you're driving a car, if that's your life and you've got a way to live it with 
friends and family and community around you. So it had to be really, really uncomfortable to get me to move. Do you want to talk a little bit more about what you mean by that? Like how, like, was there a specific thing that happened that created the discomfort? When you say a volcano, it was like a volcano. Can you help our listeners to get, you know, a little bit more intimate with you around kind of more specifically what the story was that actually compelled you to go? I mean, to leave in the dark, literally. I was 33 years old. A midwife, I was responsible for maybe 16 pregnant women at that time in the community. They birthed in their homes, and I would go and, and help them. I think part of that was bringing me to a breaking point because that responsibility with a broken heart that just I always felt trapped on the inside, I felt blocked on the inside, and I didn't know how to be to talk, I didn't know how to release who I was on the inside. I knew how to operate on the outside, but in the on the inside, I was trapped. Mm. And I think there's a lot of people that find, and no matter where you live, I mean, some people might know the story of England with Prince Harry and Meghan, who moved out of the royal family just recently, and they came from a palace, but they felt restricted. There was something that didn't have movement, didn't have freedom to move in the way they wanted to. Maybe it worked for somebody else, but it wasn't working for them. And that shows up in our businesses. It shows up in our relationships. It shows up in the culture that we've created around us in our communities sometimes of maybe trying to keep up with our peers or idolize something that we shouldn't or we simply get lazy and get stuck in social media. You know, don't know how to function in a home with a family. So there's lots of ways we can get trapped. And that's what it was for me. Yes, the culture was very restrictive, but it was my own trappedness on the inside. Interesting. So you said you had a broken heart. Did something happen to cause the broken heart? Did you have a loss? Or were you just ultimately finally aware that your heart was breaking or broken because you were in this situation that wasn't in alignment with who your natural spirit was. Is that, you know, is that what I'm hearing? Yes. And I'm going to expand a little bit and say, just because we believe it doesn't mean it's true. So what I grew up with wasn't necessarily the truth entirely. So when I started out in life, I only knew what I knew. I didn't know to doubt what my parents said or who I was or what I could do. So in that, I just survived in the best way I could. And when I was 33, what kind of really was part of the volcano action was the oppression and depression was so heavy. I literally felt like my body would succumb just not be able to hold up to that weight and all the emotional pain on the inside. And so I started crying out for help because I didn't know how to survive. I was still functioning on the outside, but on the inside, it wasn't working at all. And so I asked for help, like who I thought might be able to help me the most, like in family, they just kind of like shushed me up and said, you know, you, you got a problem, you need to get over it. They didn't know how to help me, and I don't fault them for that. They didn't know how to help me. So I started crying out to God, not knowing that God could help me, but not knowing where else to go. And I would cry. I would walk the country roads in tears 
be running down my face and I'd just be agonizing, crying, like a drowning person, like I'm going down. And I didn't want to go down, but I didn't know how to get up. <laughs> so that crying out and search moved I say the heart of God because I was in that culture of religion, but I saw God as a far away, angry God and not a God who could come near and help you in the now. And that's what I started experiencing through people. Like people came into my life that just gave me a little tidbit here. This person gave me just a little tidbit there. And it started being a strengthening and even intensified the pain and the search because I was in this stuckness of a place, not thinking or dreaming that I could ever be anything else. Mm -hmm. I just felt this is who I was because I didn't know anything else. Yeah. Your listeners could identify with that too. They know what they grew up with. They know how they've established their homes, their businesses, their children, how they manage their children. Some of it works really well and some of it doesn't. Yeah. And so that's how I found myself just in that stuck place of this is what I know. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I, I want to talk to the, you know, kind of calling out to the source, to the God, goddess, whatever you'd like to call it. Right. Cause uh, the wickedly smart women who are listening to this uh, show, they're across all belief systems, I'm sure. And so what I'm curious about is when you suddenly started to like really petition the actual God versus the scriptured God, and then all of a sudden began to receive responses as tidbits from people. Were those people people that were from your culture, your your no. religious? Yeah. So they came from the outside. They they kind of they were divine. There was divine orchestration yeah. and divine intervention, is what I'm hearing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. So then what? was the kind of culmination that had you leave in the dark? So these people started coming and this one person I had not met for 10 years came back into my life and they saw the pain. They saw how much I was struggling and they went to great lengths to speak into my life, not to tell me what I needed to do, but try to give me some breath, give me some air. And I say they, they pierced me with a thorn of love or a seed of love that, but it pierced my heart. And I really was drawn to want to get better. And they recommended a self-help program that was very intensive. And what they did is they made you talk, one of their techniques, but they had lots of workshops and it was like several days. And then you came back two weeks later and did five days. And they really, really, you know, they worked you over in getting you to talk and just give you exercises to help us become real and get away from our fake masks that we're wearing and so now my filter is leaving so I can't filter what I am saying anymore because it's it's coming out so I'm talking to a woman a little bit one of the other colleagues just like I'm talking to you and I say you know I've never told an adult this but I tell her my story and she says oh I was raped when I was five years old too and that was the first time I'd ever put language to it. So that combination of that coming to surface, and I dropped like a sack of potatoes. I was incapacitated, kind of like went unconscious for, I don't know how long it was. Nobody ever told me. And I even forgot to ask at the time. This is 
close to 20 years ago now. But in that time of being unconscious, it was like a download was happening into me. And I say this was from God again, where he just helped me understand things that I didn't know. One of them was that I would be going. I didn't know what or where or how. I had to walk all of that out in faith that I trust. And that's what I did. I put all my trust in him. And also with the incest, I knew that I would need it to confront my perpetrator. I knew that I was going to have to talk to him face to face about what happened for several reasons, to raise an awareness for protection for others that might be in harm's way and also for my own healing. Yeah. And perhaps it could help him too, but most of the time it doesn't help him immediately. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe that'll come down the road. But so I knew those things and I was terrified to go back home again and face all this, but I knew that I had to. And I had pregnant women I was responsible for. So I went back under extreme pressure. It was very intense. That's why I call it a volcano, mm-hmm. where there was just so much pressure that it took to make a move, to make a make a decision. You know, mm-hmm. first I was trapped and then I had to make that decision. And that's where we all have to come to the place. If this is not working, then we need to come to that decision. If it's working, you don't have to make that decision. And then my escape or that transition was the next thing. And that kind of became the one thing. And now when I coach people, that's what I do is I help them discover what is the problem that's causing the pain. And then what is the one thing that we can fix in this. And if you go to that one thing, there's a whole lot of things that happen to get to that one thing that they would like to solve so they're not in that pain or where they were before. And that's kind of how I discovered myself. But, you know, when you make that transition, and I knew that if I would talk to my family about what's going on, they would tell me that I need to not do this, that I need to stop and that I need to stay. And I knew all of those words were in direct violation with the go that was in my brain. (laughs) You know, that that knowing that I had. Yeah, the go from God. (laughs) When that knowing was there and that trusting, I knew that I could let nothing stop me. So the leaving, working my way out of there, again, was more intense than it was even before the decision. because. The decision was hard, but with what I had to put into action, that was the hardest part. Mm-hmm. You know, even if we want to lose weight, we have to go through the decision. You know, we may feel trapped with the extra weight, and then we have to go through the decision and then make it work. And sometimes it can be hard work to go to another place in life. Yeah. But then we get the rewards with it. And I knew that if I follow through, I was going to be serving a big God with a big world. And I knew there were no limits to what I could do then. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, we are already at the break. So thank you so much for being willing to go to the depths with me there, Mary. And I had a feeling that as we were going in that we were going to find the core. uh, And, you know, so thank you for being willing to express that and for being willing to be courageous and walking in faith and, doing the work that you needed to do to be able to actually be the messenger. Maybe there's a woman right now listening to this podcast when, you know, when the recording goes out to the world who needs to hear the level at which you had to commit 
and and is able to borrow against your strength to do what she needs to do. So I just really, I want to honor you and appreciate you for being willing to be fully exposed there. So right now we are going to take a break. Uh, Wickedly Smart Women, we do need your help. If you are enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation for us at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. Uh, we'll have that for you in the show notes too. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. I do want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. I do want to shout out this week to our listeners in Missouri, which is where Marion is, and also our listeners in Pennsylvania, which is where Marion came from and other listeners who are all over the world. We actually just uh, got notice that we're in the top 600 globally for podcasts. So there are um, nearly a million podcasts out there, and to be in the top 600 globally is pretty awesome. So thank you so much for your downloads, your ratings, your reviews, and your support. Please keep sharing the show so that more and more Wickedly Smart Women can tune in and receive the wisdom and the wealth that comes from our guests. We will be right back with Marion McSpadden. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Women, are you ready for a big revenue breakthrough so you can stop working like a man and being paid like a woman? Are you ready to take the leap and go deep to claim your value and convert your wisdom to wealth? Is now the time to fulfill your mission and change the world? Creative Age Consulting Group is hired by women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance and be heard by millions while building a sustainable business model that makes bank. Please visit apply.wealthylifemethod.com to apply for an invitation-only consultation. If you have been inspired to receive support in welcoming wealth by making your most heartfelt contribution to the world, be sure to apply for a consultation today. Once again, that is apply.wealthylifemethod.com or click in the link in the show notes to access the application. And we are back with Marion McSpadden. You can find out more about how Marion serves people in her role as a coach at everythingyoutry.com. Everythingyoutry.com. What will they find there, Marion, when they go well, to that website? They can get a free chapter. I wrote a, a chapter, and then this fall, I'm coming out with a whole book, a complete book that'll be all mine. The, the first chapter is a compilation book with 13 other authors, but they can get my chapter on a free PDF that will be downloaded to them. And what's that chapter about? Is it, is it about your story your, uh, or some solutions for them? Tell me a little bit more about what you've written. Well, um, my title is Pretty Much Everything You Try Doesn't Work. <laughs> So what I've taken is some stories of things that haven't worked in life, but how do you overcome things and then move forward again? Because in, in the next part of my life that, I, that we haven't talked about is after I made my exodus or my transition into where the world was mine, I could do whatever I wanted to 
and it it did not work out the way I thought it would. I well, thought, that, it never does, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. So, well, let's talk about that and how and specifically what I'd like to do, Marion, is I'd like to have you talk about that, but specifically how it relates that part of your journey, how it relates to how you are supporting others right now. And as you are recounting that story, if there's any immediately actionable tip or tips that you can offer our wickedly smart women when they are maybe finally liberated themselves and they're thinking they're going down the hill and then all of a sudden there's a speed bump. Well, I think part of it is that's normal when we hit speed bumps. We just think if you've been a parent and you've had a child and you read all the books before the baby showed up, you're excited with your firstborn, you listen to what mama says, and then your baby still doesn't sleep all night. And you did it according to the books. Mm. And so we may be able to adjust some things and get the baby to sleep better, but it doesn't always just work out in business. You know, people might hire someone and they think they've had a good counselor and they've tried everything, and then they still have to fire employees or whatever's uncomfortable. You have to adjust and go along in life. And so I think that's how it applies to everyone, that just because something doesn't work out, you don't stop. But I think in my own story, it was way more uncomfortable than I wanted it to be. (laughs) So going through that and overcoming, and then overcoming again and overcoming again, always took me to a new level And there was one time where I started going down again, and I really had to be rescued majorly. So it's a fight to make a change in life and then keep growing. And I've never wanted to become the person that was now, I've made it and it's all about me. I've always wanted to be the person where I've made it, now how can I help somebody else? Beautiful. So do you want to go ahead with a little bit more of the story of like, how did you become a business owner with your husband of a multi-million dollar business? And, you know, you left in the dark and then you had some, some downhill and then you hit some speed bumps. Tell us a little bit more uh, details around that and specifically things, you know, that you feel our listeners that you are feeling in right now is that you feel our listeners can benefit from specifically around, you know, really talking the walk and walking the talk, especially when you step into a leadership role where you're coaching and mentoring other people and you're speaking on platforms like this, right? Well, I think that, you know, some of those first days on the other side of that exodus were pretty raw. (laughs) And the expectations that I had were pretty high. I really had expectations of life kind of going better, 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 and the pain less, less, and less. And it did to a degree, but it was like, I think I described it to somebody recently, like opportunities would come to me that were familiar of past control. And these opportunities would have nice faces and smiling faces. And so you kind of trusted again and thought, yeah, these people get me. I think we're on the same page here. And then when you got committed to it, you had to be very careful. It seemed like those people had a tail. I say like a scorpion tail that just kind of comes right behind your back and you get a sting in your back and you're like, ow, you know, I didn't expect 
to get hurt again like that. And I think that has been my hardest battle is I look for a new community. I look for people to trust and not everybody that smiles at you is trustworthy. <laughs> and yet we're all human. We all make mistakes. So there's probably people that I've stung in the back. So I know we need to be gracious towards other people and not become paranoid and so distrusting that we become these hermits. So it is when you cross cultures, like I did, it is hard to find new community unless you just happen to fall into the right place where it fits for you and it just snowballs from, from there on. And I'm sure there's people that have that story too. Mine didn't go that way, but I'm sure there's people that do. You know, they make a change and they kind of land in a soft, cushy place that just fits better. But mine was the hard way. Like the first three years after I was gone, I ended up taking care of an elderly woman who lived in the country by herself with Alzheimer's, and she thought of the neighbor girl that should go home. And she didn't understand that I was her caregiver. But those three years were very, very difficult, just separated from everything that I'd known and loved. And now I felt like I was in prison, you know, all over again. Now, was I meant to be there? You know? How can I go back and try to decide that? So I don't fight that. But it didn't just all happen perfectly. Great. I love that. Well, remember that, ladies, that when you are creating a change, you got to make a decision, uh, especially if you are in a situation as Marion was, where you can feel the oppression that is so intense that literally you feel like you're going to die. I've had that experience myself, Marion, where I... Uh, was in a situation, it was a working situation where I knew if I stayed another minute, I was going to die. I mean, I could just, it was palpable that my spirit was going to be crushed right out of me. And so ladies, just know that you can make those big changes. You can transit out of those places where your spirit is going to be crushed. And sometimes it's like butter melting on hot toast and other times there's some speed bumps. And what I'm really just appreciating around you, Marion, is that, you know, you had the tenacity to continue moving forward with your journey and being willing to be self-aware that sometimes the patterns that are, especially when you have come from a very structured pattern, when we're dismantling patterns, that oftentimes the universe will send the smiling face with the scorpion tail that is a repeat of that pattern, maybe at a lower intensity level. And from my perception, like the process of healing is first we become aware that we need healing. And then we have that stuff show up again and again and again to give us, you know, kind of the reminder, are you done with this yet? Are you done with this yet? And it's like a practice. It's almost like a practice. And then we get to the place where we look at other people and we see what is going on with them is what used to be happening with us. And so it's not happening with us anymore, but we can still see it kind of like on our radar screen. And the final like level of healing from my kind of perception is that stuff just doesn't even show up anymore. So I'm really grateful that you came today, Marion. Is there anything else that you would like to say before we close 
uh, as a word of either encouragement or a word of guidance and support to the people who are listening before we have to end our time together. Sure. I would encourage everyone to take a piece of paper, maybe two pieces of paper. On the first one, write 10 things that drain your energy. When you're around that person or you do this activity or you wish you could do this activity, you go to bed and you're feeling this way, or you get up in the morning, you're doing feeling this way, be aware of what those things are that drain your energy. And then take that other piece of paper and write 10 things that fuel your energy. Like it recharges you when you do this or when you're around that person or in this environment or you go to bed, you get up or whatever it is that will create some, you know, that you need to do more of what gives you, fuels you and less of what takes your energy. Great idea, Marion. Thank you so much for that immediately useful suggestion. And I'm going to encourage the listeners to send in your list of the 10 things that drain you and the 10 things that fuel you to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. That way we can send them along to Marion and let her know that you've been listening to her today. And we can also uh, encourage you to keep moving in the direction of what fuels you rather than what drains you. So thanks so much for being with me today, Marion. I am so grateful for your time with me. Listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. Uh, The number for that will be in the show notes or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. Please definitely go visit Marion's site, everythingyoutry.com and look for her book when it comes out. We might even give you a shout out on the show if you send a review to our listener line. We'd love to have you do that. Please and thank you so much for tuning in. Keep your ears open and remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to review and rate Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.